right, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Thought in Action. This is our IPO and private market update with Chris Arnold, Managing Director at Morgan Creek Capital. Uh, before we get started, Chris, can you just you know, give us a quick overview of yourself and your company for the listeners out there? Yeah, Chris Arnold. I work for um, with the firm Morgan Creek Capital out of Chapel Hill, North Carolina. Uh, I'm in the Boston area, and I basically report into New York. Been in financial services for uh, 25 years now, in the past 11, working for alternative asset managers, which is really our, our focus. Um, you know, when we think about, um, you know, what we do for uh, both institutional and private clients, private investors, it's uh, helping them navigate um, a range of alternative investments uh, styles. And we bring those to our clients in both funds and uh, direct deals that are made available to us through um, 25 years of working with some of the largest hedge funds and private equity funds in the business. The uh, founders of our company ran major endowments, uh, University of North Carolina, Mark Yusko ran uh, that, um, that endowment for seven years prior to starting Morgan Creek in 2004. So we have deep institutional relationships and they essentially bring us not only, I think our ideas, but access to a lot of the things we bring to um, our favorite clients and, and part professional partners like yourself, Eric. Right. Well, I, I definitely appreciate that overview. So take us through, you know, kind of the state of the IPO markets and, and, and take me through your views, because I know this is totally your sandbox, kind of late stage, you know, how the late stage market looks. But also, I know you do a lot of early stage VC things as well. Give us your overview on the whole, how the market looks right now. I mean, it really is is interesting because when you have, um, you know, public equity investors, which is basically everyone, right, whether it be 401k or or whatever, um, it, it, it's the whole idea of private markets is quite opaque, right? What, what does it really mean? I mean, I think when you understand private markets, you see it as simply the continuum. Um, so, you know, a seed stage idea or a company that is really, you know, two guys in a garage with, you know, two computers. I mean, that's somewhat tongue in cheek, but it's true. Um, you know, people are starting out with 50000 or $100,000 of their own money to break away from the day job. And they may do it nights and weekends. Um, you know, then you sort of walk into, you know, folks who either, quote, have access through their educations or their workplace to find their way to angel investors and venture, venture capitalists. Um, in certain parts of, uh, of our investment platform, you know, our fund business, uh, we do invest in, you know, those types of ideas, primarily really in our cryptocurrency uh, blockchain side of the business, which is a, a whole other dialogue that we can have probably in the future because it is truly um, a dialogue. Uh, but that, I would say, has been a, a very exciting area to find uh, some of the founders of these companies and, um, you know, their, understand their vision and uh, try to invest alongside them so we can, you know, sort of walk the path as they grow. Right. So that's a very exciting uh, part of what we do. Um, the area where we've been most uh, active is more in what we would consider growth stage uh, private opportunities. Um, and those would be companies that are either, you know, um, they, they have revenues, they have management, they're, they're working in a particular industry, finance, whatever. But, um, you know, they're looking for uh, capital to acquire a firm, capital to build out their sales and marketing teams, build out uh, pieces of their te technology manufacturing uh, area. If it's a, if it's purely an e-commerce or a you know digital uh, firm, uh, you know a firm that might not be manufacturing, and we don't typically work in that space, 
Um, it could just be, you know, you know, technology and, and trying to get from, um, you know, let's say a, a burn rate, which is basically they have revenue, but they're, um, you know, they're still uh, running someone in the red um, to profitable. So that would be um, you know, probably where we, we participate mostly. Um, and uh, just in the, in the world of sort of, you know, from, from your question, you know, IPO to seed, again, it's, it's really, you know, just a continuum because any, um, you know, firm um, that, you know, is, uh, successful at the, the stature, you know, the capital, the, the scalability, you know, the market uh, that can get into a, you know, sort of a hundred million dollar firm, billion dollar firm revenue and above, you know, most likely will use the public markets as, as a way to finance growth at some point. Um, what's changed recently is right. the proliferation now of uh, different structures for doing that. Um, you know, you've heard about uh, you know, a company called Coinbase, which is a digital asset company exchange, uh, Bitcoin cryptocurrency. And, you know, they, they decided to, OK, we're going to go to the public markets, but we have a couple of choices. And it's not just IPO, right, which would be through a, an investment bank. Um, you can go SPAC today. We have a division right. involved with SPACs at Morgan Creek. Uh, we're partnering with a company called Excess uh, Financial in any case. Uh, but that is now a new area as well. It's sort of it's been around, but now it's very popular for technology firms, firms, innovation firms that wouldn't really be able to access right. the markets until they were purely profitable. Now, now uh, public, I should say, uh, retail investors can find their way into these uh, interesting technology firms through SPAC investing that wouldn't have been made available um, unless you were able to get to folks like me who could bring you into private investments, right? So that's, uh, that, that's a change right, right now. Right. It's a big change. Um, but I would say that the, um, you know, the, the, the opportunity now for companies is, is to also do, in direct list, to do a direct listing, which is what Coinbase did. Um, the other option is just continue as a private company. Um, you know, depending on, again, what you're doing, if you're a Silicon Valley company or it doesn't matter what you, where you are or what you do, but if you are in, you know, big tech, uh, if you're in social media, in gaming, uh, cryptocurrency, there are, you know, I'm not going to say, you know, pools of money out there just waiting to be distributed, but there's a lot of money on the sidelines looking for the best ideas that can, you know, literally build a company more organically um, and uh, and not having to access the public market. So that's sort of the interesting, you know, trade-off um, is that uh, not all firms go public, uh, not all great firms go public, some stay private forever. And, um, you know, we're able to play in that private uh, right. space uh, where we can find value for our clients um, throughout sort of this, uh, this uh, you know, the growth of a company and how they fund their their growth. So I, I think it's, it's a, it's a, extremely interesting kind of dynamic. You have the, the public markets and the private markets. You have all this cash that's out there. You've got Buffett talking about how he thinks SPACs are kind of a deal killer, to use his words, uh, for him and his company in terms of picking up some of these opportunities in the private markets. Um, take me through, like, with all this money out there and all these different ways that companies can go public and really kind of get capital, do you think there's more opportunity now in that private market space or in the public market space. And I just want to add a little asterisk. I know that there's early stage that have great upside and great risk. And then late stage, you know, obviously, you know, still risky, um, but less upside. But just taken as a whole with all of the cash out there, 
if people are looking for kind of opportunities for growth, take me through public market, private market, and why. And I know it's your opinion, but I, I value it. It's actually a great question. I'm going to answer it by starting at the inflection point between public and private. Okay, I think what what and maybe just to answer the question quickly, and I'll go deeper. I think there's opportunity in both public and private. Um, I think the the thing that's made it difficult in the public markets is really just proliferation of index investing and passive investing. Um, I think people um, let me say access the access to the public markets is so ubiquitous. It's essentially wiped out, I would say, the the money uh, that went into you know stock picking or really great stock pickers. It still exists in hedge fund managers. There's no doubt about that. But you know, years ago. You could you right. could speak with Sorry uh, to find that alpha. yeah you could speak with great firms that had specific expertise in you know newly minted companies a specific sector or a specific style you know and I, I think indexing and the public markets has gone so far to the idea of just benchmark exposure it's left a lot of great ideas and I think great managers and stock pickers behind so I just want to caveat that I do think there are still great opportunities. In, um, in the public markets, uh, where we see that as a firm, because we are public market investors, it's a big part of what we do. Um, we see a lot of exciting opportunities in China and emerging markets here in the U.S. and small caps. And we would say that, again, um, you know, we like to focus on uh, industries of innovation. Um, and there are great companies that are taking advantage of innovation. Um, you know, people, you know, I hate to say tongue in cheek, there are better ideas than this, but people would know about, um, you know, companies like Intel and NVIDIA. These are chip makers, you know, you know, good old standard chips that go to your computers. You know, why is that exciting mm -hmm. now? Because cars require chips. Everything now yeah. is smart. So as you get into the smart economy of, you know, the, uh, um, you know, everything having some sense for what it's doing around another device of some sort, doesn't really need us to tell us anymore. Um, you know, everything requires a chip. And what's also been interesting uh, because we have a cryptocurrency uh, area is um, watching the uh, the amount of uh, computing power that's required to run cryptocurrency and blockchain. That's been a massive, massive supply, a uh, created massive supply shortage in uh, shortage in chips. So you know, again, whether you whether you're long chip makers or short chip makers, it doesn't matter. Um, I guess I'm just trying to say that even if you think about private investing, things like crypto and how public companies are being affected by innovation, um, I think that's very exciting. So I do think there's some really exciting things happening um, in right. the public markets. In the private markets, um, you know, just a you know, caveat. We, as I sort of stated, we take a lot from not only our own philosophy of the business, but the firms uh, with which we've been doing business for a very long time. Can you name some of those firms? Just because I think it's it's important for people to know. I mean, these are big players. Yeah. So, so just to say it, we're not brokers of deals. We're not a sell side firm. Um, you know, we're buyers. I mean, we build. We we were up to a nine billion dollar firm. Back in um, the uh, you know the late uh, you know two two thousand seven eight nine ten into about twelve thirteen, that business kind of went away and it was somewhat sold off and we really started to focus on very idiosyncratic uh, alternative ideas. But just to talk about that, um, we still maintain those relationships. So it's really important to say we have a very big big network of big names like Tiger Global Management. 
Um, when we started in 2004, the first fund we ever uh, uh, created was actually the Tiger Global Opportunities Fund. It was a fund of funds of the firms that were created by that amazing hedge fund manager. Um, and they were spun out after Tiger Management essentially folded in 2000, uh, in, I guess it was in 1999, right? 2000, uh, yeah, just before, uh, you know, just, just after that, that sort of, uh, you know, tech bubble period. Um, well, they had some amazing uh, people that worked for them. They went off and created other firms. Tiger Global was one. Uh, there are a whole bunch of other firms. Um, but on right. the on the um, hedge fund side, uh, Tiger Global, uh, Lightstreet, Maverick. Uh, we have done business with companies like Viking Global. Uh, they're not in our portfolios today, but um, you know, again, just a sense for you know some of the stature. Avenue Capital. Uh, these are great managers. We never did anything with Soros because we follow a certain style of, of hedge fund management. We call that long short or it's called Jones Model Plus for anybody anybody interested. I, we can talk about that another time. But, um, you know, we generally follow a pretty conservative perspective when it comes mm-hmm. to hedging. But I like it because, like, you have a broad view of these these companies and, and you've got a really good network kind of built out. And it's all based on re- these opportunities are based on relationships. And that's what I kind of want everyone to hear is that when you talk through these things, you know, it is a um, it is a relationship Like you have a broad view because you have a broad base of relationships. So you, I think you can really speak well to where the opportunities lie. I can if you want, I can use an example. I, I think it's a good one. We um, when we sure. started when we started, uh, we've been investing directly into funds for a very long time. Um and, um, you know, 10 years now, really, it was somewhat the, the firm somewhat, we would say, hybridized away from fund to funds to uh, hybridizing uh, our largest funds to where they'd be uh, part fund managers and part direct investments. And then uh, seven years or so is when we started to bring these to right. uh, to our private clients. And, you know, the firm we have I have institutional clients, I have people like yourself who are. Uh, professionals in the space, as well as family offices and just direct investors. Um, and we found a lot of appetite for, um, you know, for opportunities to be able to you know, bring those investments out, structure them so that it's easy for people uh, to participate. And um, an example would be to say that, you know, a couple of our, I would say many of our managers follow things like e-commerce. All right. That's, that's, that's a, a big part of sort of, um, you know, the, the, uh, hedge fund managers specifically uh, area of focus or um, international technology, international uh, um, um, areas of, uh, you know, again, uh, you know, international e-commerce was, is a big one. And there are certain names there that we can talk about. But, um, you know, what we do is, uh, you know, we'll invest with our managers, get exposure to those names and as the, these companies, um, these private companies start to look to raise more money, they have series of raises, right? When they go from sort of seed, then they get into the idea of things called A rounds and B rounds and C rounds, which are, where they're starting to build out their management structure, whatever they need to do to develop whatever technology or product they're, they're building. So those are essentially rounds. Where we find um, an opportunity really comes from our managers, quite frankly. They either the idea um, of saying, you know, look, we have access through uh, uh, a company like, um, you know, Maverick to say, look, we have some additional capacity um, in a new round. And if you're interested in coming uh, along as a co, um, 
a co-lead or to participate on in the raise, then we can find our way to 10 or 20 or $30 million of a $200 million raise or potentially even more and either invest in uh, that into one of our funds um, or invest in a fund and bring it to private clients. So it's not uncommon for us to um, be introduced to an opportunity uh, for a private company's series round raise to raise money to continue to grow, could be 50 million or 200. And, um, you know, typically we're not lead investors. Those, those are really, you know, more for the hedge funds and the private equity firms that have billions and billions of dollars to put to these types of investments. But usually we'll come in as a, as a co-lead or, um, you know, or inside the, the, the additional cap table of investors in a particular round. And that's how we find our way to these things. And we bring uh, the idea uh, into our investment committee, into um, our investment uh, team. Um, we uh, essentially analyze everything about them as, as any institutional investor would, and that's what we do. We have a very extensive, extensive due diligence process. We create an investment thesis. We generate an investment, a multi-page investment memo, memorandum. It's an internal document, which we use both to uh, share the ideas throughout the team, uh, allows us to memorialize those ideas. And from a compliance perspective, we, you know, we have that then available to say why, in fact, we think this is right for our fund and our, and our investors. Um, and that's the process that we go through um, before we bring anything to uh, a fund investment or, um, you know, to, to people like yourself or our private clients for a direct investment. So that's, that's really our process. Right. I, I like it because what you're saying is, is is essentially there's opportunities in the in the you know which opportunities better public or private there's opportunities in the public market but you got to have a process to kind of know you talked about chip makers in that sense whatnot but then also the same way in the private market there are still opportunities but in that market it's process and relationships because you may think we get perfect example last year SpaceX you know everybody wanted to buy it nobody could get it. But you had we had access to it based on the relationships that you had to get people in. Um, you know, everybody, I mean, everybody was talking about it after the raise was done. But during it, it was like you couldn't find any access at all. So there is that process to be able to make sure that, you, you know, what you have access to is good. But it's also being able to actually get it. And that's, I think, where you kind of hit that sweet spot um, with your firm. Let me let me ask you one more question. Um, and then I know we've got to wrap this up. But. Where do you see the opportunities right now? Just just broadly, um, where are you seeing opportunities in the private market? I think the opportunities um, you know, that we're seeing, um, again, e-commerce is a massive force right now. It's the idea of bringing pet food uh, you know, from walking into a store to pet food deli delivery. Um, if you think about not only the changes that technology have created, but quite frankly, even COVID and the pandemic, um, you know, the idea that we may all go back to an office or maybe we may all be able to go back to an office, but I don't think that's going to change. Um, the, the idea that it's acceptable for me to be sitting in a green button down shirt in, you know, my little office here rather than having to be in a, you know, mahogany, you know, 12 seat conference room. Um, you know, so a lot of things have changed. And I think, you know, when, when I look at our managers, they look at those things um, as uh, opportunities. So, uh, you know, e-commerce is uh, a big part of that. Um, clearly technology, and we're talking deep technology, whether it be AI, uh, 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 big data, 
Um, cryptocurrency, blockchain, I think is huge. Um, you know, again, I think, you know, if you get into things like EV, you know, people might say, what about EVs and stuff? Absolutely. It's just sort of overpriced right now. So I'm not saying EV is where we would go, but battery technology. I yeah. mean, think, just think about technologies that will be driving um, alternative energy. E alter there's alternative oil. There's oil transition. I mean, there are a whole bunch of really interesting, interesting things that are going on, um, you know, in in just the the idea of how we're going to power uh, the new economy or essentially our new culture. Um, so uh, those are sort of the big themes that drive us. Um, and, uh, you know, we try to you know provide opportunities for investors um, to you know participate in that. And let me close with this. You know, any type of direct investment for most investors right. is risky because it's a single name. Um, but we don't, you know, expect them expect them to have that type of investment be a major part of their portfolio. But it really does two things. It does bring an opportunity for outside outsized alpha um, if it's a if it's a win. Um, I also think it's a great tool for just education. I think it's extremely engaging. Um, I think people will become generally better investors mm -hmm. if they can understand how compensating growth. And, um, you know, it's, it just goes to the idea that most people that we talk to are, you know, are, are engaged. It helps them be engaged. Um, and it really does help create a, a great relationship with our investors. We, we can sort of walk them through um, the steps and, um, and the investment as it proceeds into, you know, hopefully a successful outcome, whether it be IPO or a SPAC merger or some type of strategic takeout. So it's just, it's actually just a fun part of the business. Well, I want to thank you, Chris, for joining us. Um, just as a disclaimer, none of this is a solicitation. I have seen some of your uh, sheets and I will say it is engaging and it's, it's very interesting to see your process and the thought that goes into really that investment thesis on every one of those single names and the funds themselves. Um, so if anybody would like to see that, please contact me. Anything we talk about, you know, uh, should obviously be vetted by an advisor. Uh, but if you'd like to stay in front of anything that we've talked about um, or really any future opportunities, please contact me. And I'm happy to kind of loop you in if it makes sense uh, to some of these uh, opportunities as they come up. Um, I'd say at least once, twice a month. Uh, there's something very interesting. And I know you're definitely putting research out um, on a fairly regular basis on things as well. So thanks again, Chris, for joining us. And I look forward to having you on again soon. Yeah.